Okay, welcome to another podcast of Indigenous Roots and Hoots. I'm your host, Gordon Spence. Today, my guest is Thomas Matthew Lamb, also known as Triple Six God. Matthew is known in Nunavut as that and is an upcoming artist in the rap music industry. Originally from Greece Fjord, the most northern community in Canada, with a population of about 120 people, he spent his childhood in Iqaluit. A self-taught artist and music producer, Triple Six God is always working to improve his technical and artistic skills, mastering the rules of the music industry game in the process. In 2019, his song with fellow Inuk rapper Hyper T won a Canadian Screen Award for Best Original Song in the Future Film, The Grizzlies. Triple Six God's music blends cutting-edge beats with a unique style of laid-back flows and spitfire rhymes. He seamlessly mixes urban and pop culture with elements of his upbringing in Nunavut. Triple Six God is also part of the Low Life crew and frequently collaborates with artists from across Canada. He currently lives in the Calumet Nunavut. Good afternoon, Thomas. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just, uh, this is it. That's good. Okay. Maybe we can just start by you talking a little bit about your personal background, like where you're from and where you grew up in, uh, well, you you were you're originally from Greece Fjord, the most northern community in Canada. You grew up in in Iqaluit, and tell us a little bit about your family background and life in general in Iqaluit. What you do there? Well, like you said, just now I grew up mostly in Iqaluit most of my life, but uh, halfway, half you and I don't know. It's kind of like identity uh, battle all throughout my whole life. Still kind of going through that right now. I don't know. I don't really talk about it in my music, but I do talk about my experiences and what I go through or what I have went through, not only in Nunavut, but I've also lived in Toronto. I lived in Manitoba for a while, lived in Ottawa, traveled everywhere, seen a lot of things, met a lot of faces or met a lot of people and all that. I don't know. My background is all over the place. I, I used to be a hockey player and I used to travel all over the U.S., like every weekend for hockey tournaments and stuff. And I ended up dislocating my shoulder and then ended up taking music more seriously. And then, yeah, I t- turned turned to making beats and now I'm making beats on the regular, having people hit me up to collaborate on whatever, on raps, on beats, or having people come over to my house and record in my little studio here. So it's like a nice little progression I, I have in my life, I think. Right. You have several sisters. I think you're, what, the only boy in your family? What's that like growing up with three girls? It's different. It's different. But uh, I, I wasn't really there for a lot of the developmental years for them, I, I would, I guess. I, like, I still see them as babies and all that. I was out of the house as soon as I was 14, right? So. Right. Okay, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about your music and how that got started, uh, what you do as an artist. How did it begin for you? Um, I've always liked music, but I, I picked up an inch, my first ever instrument I picked up and learned how to play was the guitar at 11. And then, I don't know, uh, at, after that, I started just writing here and there, but I never took it too seriously, just making rhymes or like poetry or something. But then when I was like 16 or 17, me and my friends, we were partying and then one of us started rhyming and trying to freestyle. 
and then you know drunken freestyles that's usually how it kind of starts out and then we we're just like hey we're actually not that bad and we just kind of kept going kept going with it it was kind of like a joke for a bit and then one day uh we we heard about there was going to be a talent show at the school so i looked over at my friend mister and i said yeah let's do it let's, let's do this and then we went on stage and got like a way better reception than we thought we would get and i don't know after that that's kind of what carried us to do it just like the feeling of fulfillment and like making people happy right you got a good pretty good reception uh what's the music scene like in nikhalwit it's very uh folk oriented i would say there's not too big of a hip hop scene but there's definitely a scene here it's just not the dominant scene but that's just how it goes and uh, there's nothing wrong with that at all it's just like there's there's so many different types of music here like uh asiba she does not sound like anything like how uh the cherry cans would sound or the cherry cans don't even sound like how uh northern haze sounds or northern haze is a sound like the trade offs like there's so much different sounds here right but it's right yeah it's predominantly folk and yeah it's a unique part of canada and unfortunately you know not all canadians are will ever have an opportunity to go up there and and feel the vibes of arctic life yeah yeah no that's i think about that all the time too yeah i know your uh, your father is from newfoundland and your mother is from originally from greece fjord your mother is inuit how has your lifestyle your culture affected your music has it had any influence on your music at all definitely definitely like I wouldn't say the culture it's mostly what I went through growing up here like anybody that has lived in Nunavut for a certain period of time is going to relate to at least some of my lyrics right as the best way I could describe that right so it's more like a lifestyle thing and uh, the feeling you get from your surroundings yeah that's, that's exactly it okay you received a major music award for your music for the movie the grizzlies Tell us about that and how you felt uh, receiving the award. You must have been surprised. You know how did that uh, how did that all unfold? <laughs> it was it was wild. Um, so when they were like reading like the, the names, like the nominees, and then they they finding like read the name of the winner, everyone around me sitting at the table stood up instantly and was like freaking out. And I was just sitting there and they're just like, "Get up, get up, get up! You won!" And I was like, "Wait, what? No way!" And then we get went up on stage. I was shaking. And then Hyper T gave his speech there. It was a good, really nice speech, just like talking about uh, no matter where you come from, you can do anything. Like, you know, him being from Chesterfield, population 300, me from being from Greece, VR, population 100, 100 something. And I don't know, going up on stage and winning the national award was an amazing feeling. And then uh, what was even crazier was like the celebrities that I looked up to and like have kept up with and watched. For a lot of my life, were there, and that they congratulated me or like gave me like a little nod or something. That was really cool. Like I met Brett Butt, uh, what's his name? Uh, dude from Letterkenny. I forgot his name already. His name's Wade. Yeah, it was definitely like a life-changing experience. For sure. Yeah. How has it affected your life? Like you say, it's a life-changing experience. Have you received any kind of offers or to do other stuff? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I wouldn't say offers, but it just gives me more. Uh, it just gives me more validity in the music industry. It's like you can Google me. You can just say Google Thomas Lamb, or you can Google Triple Six God, and you'll get the same result. And like, 
I don't know that you can't really take that away from me. Right. And that's, that's a really cool thing. Yeah, that's amazing. What's the name of the award-winning song? Song's called Trials, and it's uh, produced by Dan Chubb General, my former member of Tribe Called Red. I wrote the lyrics, and Hyper T was on there. They were cool, yes. Who were your biggest influences in your life? Definitely my parents and my uh, grandparents. They just taught me like, everything I really needed to know, and there's just not much in life that I question, aside from stupid things such as one's personal uh, insecurities. But aside from that, like my outlook on life is like great. I was raised really well. Like I, I was raised really well. I think <laughs> I say yeah. so. Yeah, I know your parents are awesome people, and they've. I can see how they've kept you grounded in your life. Okay, you were also an athlete and played hockey in the South. Can you tell us a bit about that experience and how that went for you? So my first my first year of playing hockey down south was in Thompson, Manitoba. And it was my first real taste of competitive hockey and competitive anything. Back here in Nunavut, like, there's no leagues when you're in minors. Only when you get to, like, senior men's. And even then, it's like, you know, it's senior men's. You're not, you're not playing to, like, make it to the NHL or anything. Having that feeling and feeling like you're chasing something, that was, like, definitely a big driving force for that. And also just, like, being, like, one of the few kids to represent Nunavut. And, I don't know, I didn't know that many kids that left Nunavut to, like, pursue playing hockey down south. Like, I knew a few, but not many people were lucky enough to have that opportunity like me. Right. What was it like living yeah. in Thompson, being away from home? How did you feel? Did you get homesick? Yeah, I definitely got homesick. I, the first week I moved there, it was, like, 11 o'clock at night. And they had a cat, and I'm terrified of cats, or not anymore, but I was. And then I was getting out of the washroom, and I opened the door, and all I hear is a hiss. And I scream, and I close the door. And then I'm like, okay, okay, he's going to be gone now. He's going to be gone. And then I opened the door again, he hisses, and I started crying. And I was like, okay, this is dying. I got, and then I started messaging my dad. Like, my dad's all the way back home in Ichaluit. I'm in Thompson. And then I'm like, dad, you got to like call, you gotta call the, my billet parents, and then tell them to get the cat. And then, I was just, and then after that, me and the cat never got along. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. So that was like my first week of moving there. So I was like, oh man, yeah. I want to go home right now. I need I want to go home, but I don't know. I stuck through it and met a lot of great people and made a lot of great memories. And yeah. I don't know, like, I, I'm not going to let no cat hold me down. So. Yeah. <laughs> so you went to school there. You lived with a family. How long were you there for? I was there from September to March. Was it just the one and, year? Yeah, it was just in one year. Well, like half, basically three quarters of the school year. Came back to Italy to finish my grade nine. And then after that, I went to Toronto for grade 10 and 11. And I played hockey there. That's where I would travel from to go to like Lake Placid, Boston, Michigan, Connecticut, New Hampshire. I'd just be, be in traveling to one of those states or wow. another New England state every weekend. What was the name of the school you went to or the team that you played on? The school is called Peak, P-E-A-C. Uh, I believe the school is shut down now for whatever reason. I don't know. But it was like, it was a private school. We were a U18 team playing against the U20, U19 players. U18 under 18. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a high level of minor hockey there when you're playing 
at that level. And I can imagine the competition must have been pretty stiff because I know that my two boys played hockey and, and mostly in the Ottawa Valley area and, and the surrounding towns. But Ontario has a lot of talent, a lot of hockey talent and a lot of good hockey players. So you must have been, you know, surrounded by a lot of great hockey players. It was, and, it was uh, very eye-opening, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. We took uh, my son's Christian's team to Iqaluit one spring from, we lived in Almont and uh, I had made a suggestion to the team that we go into a tournament. I think it's the uh, Tunic Time tournament, which yep, yep. happens around April of every year. Yeah. So It would have been happening have, this weekend or last Right, time. yeah, yeah. And I was quite experienced for, for the boys that were on his team. Unfortunately, he had broken his arm, so he couldn't play, and he still had his cast on when the team went up, and he was quite frustrated not to be right. able to play. But uh, but the experience of going up with his team was pretty awesome. I want to ask you, uh, what are your future plans now? Uh, what are you doing, and what are your future plans? Well, how, how do you see your future developing? Currently, I'm working at the GN. Just, uh, you know, musicians got to make money somehow, you know? That's basically how I see it at this point. But I'm not like straying away from developing a career outside of music. It's just that if it's not something I want to do, then I'm not gonna pursue that. So like I was I was a plumber before, I like apprentice plumber, and then after six months of doing that, I was like, screw this! I, I this is not for me at all. And now I'm working with the GN and health department, and I'm liking this better. And but uh, on the music side of things, I'm looking to release an album. ASAP, and I have the title of the album actually. It's called Nine God. So you're going to send a piece of that to for us to attach to this uh, podcast, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. I know you like a lot of musicians are pretty much either doing other things right now. I have some friends that are musicians, and they're getting a little bit restless because they can't do any shows or anything, or any performances. So some of them are doing other stuff, you know, like taking on other kind of work that, you know, like you said, you know, you still have to work and, you know, you still have to make money. So uh, you can rack it up as experience. You know, you can probably be inspired by making some uh, some good songs after this uh, COVID is over with and you can get out and do more stuff with your music. It must be hard, uh, difficult for young people, especially, you know, uh, the ones like you, yourself, that do other things that outside the home. How are young people generally coping in the Calouette with this COVID going on? For the longest time, we were doing great. We were able to go out to a certain limit, but the limits weren't so bad where it didn't feel like you weren't allowed to do anything at all. Like right now, everything's shut down. Not everything non-essential is shut down right now. Like you can't go hang out with your friends, you know, you like have a maximum of five people at an outdoor gathering. And yeah, we're just right back to square one basically. But for the past four to five months, we were able to like do whatever. It felt like we were living like pre-COVID again. That's what it was like for the longest time. So I'm not too sure what it's going to be like now, but uh, I'm not looking forward to it. Right. It's uh, April the uh, 15th today. How is I know Halloween is, you know, they probably still have a lot of snow. Uh, is the ice breaking up yet? Um, I don't think it's breaking up, but uh, I saw a picture recently of, like, of a bunch of snow melting and people were concerned about it causes concerned that it would cause problems for the Kimura race that was going to take place soon. Yeah, That's... we had a lot of snow this year. It's ridiculous. So like to see it melt so quickly, it's kind of worrying. 
but it's back to like minus 20 again whereas two or three days ago it was two degrees like plus two so it's like i don't know the weather is like really really weird right like it's changing all over canada this question is about reconciliation i don't know if you want to answer it or not or if you have any feelings about it and part of what we do is we try to you know create some reconciliation, better understanding with other Canadians about Aboriginal culture. This is part of, you know, what these podcasts about. If you go to our website, legacyofhope.ca, you can find our podcasts on there and others similar to this one. It's about Aboriginal people, uh, culture, and what we do as Aboriginal people throughout Canada. And we're trying to help build some bridges, uh, build some reconciliation and we ask our guests if they have a message for Canadians about on reconciliation and how we can make Canada a better country. I wonder if you have any feelings on that, Thomas. I think people should just educate themselves because like, there's way too many times that, like, I've come across a person who was ignorant to our lifestyle or, or just was against it to a certain extent. Like they, they were, like, were like, why do you guys hunt? Or just like, why is there such alcohol problems? Why do so many people kill themselves and all that? It's just, and it's just like, man, you don't, you don't understand how far this goes back. And it's just like, you should probably take the time. I don't know, all it takes is a day to learn about this stuff. And you're like, wow, things are pretty messed up. Right. So yeah. I, I, all I got to say is take the time to educate yourself. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Well said. The last part of our podcast, Thomas, is uh, Roots and Hoots. Uh, Roots, you know, as you know, is talking about who you are and what you do and, you know, a bit about your culture. And uh, the hoots part is about, you know, Aboriginal people like to joke around and tell stories, funny stories and jokes. And I don't know if you have a story for us or a joke you want to tell us. I got a joke that I like. To, this is my go-to joke always. Okay. So uh, okay. why do cows wear bells? Uh, so they can be found? Because their horns don't work. Their horns. Don't yeah, work. I don't know. <laughs> it's a bad one. It's a bad one. That's okay. It's good. It's all right. You got some yeah. humor in you anyway. So, yes, yes, that's sir. good. Yeah. Yes, I've been talking to Thomas Matthew Lamb from McCallowit, also known as Triple Six God. He's a rapper, an upcoming star in the music industry, a fine young gentleman. Uh, and I want to thank you, Thomas, for taking the time to do this with us. And we look forward to hearing more about your ambitious music lifestyle. And uh, we wish you all the best. And on behalf of the Legacy Hope Foundation, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Uh, if you want to look me up online, find some of my music, you can just, uh, look up 666GOD. Or if you want to find me on Instagram, that's uh, 666GOD Music. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Why your girl got them red kneecaps If you saw my count, I know you would not believe that Loyal to the gang, you got my word, I won't repeat that Treat the like 
like some Hot Wheels girl, you know I'm about to beat that If she start with talking crazy, then her number I'll delete that Making brown bills on the daily, every payment I exceed that In my life there's so much hate, but I can't even see that Cause pull up to the club, all I hear is healing Pull me up a cup, we about to get real silly Feeling like I'm weak, yeah, I'm trying to get a million I won't buy the hottest, I ain't even in your city Pull up to the club, all I hear is healing Pull me up a cup, we about to get real silly like I'm weak, yeah, I'm trying to get a million I want my the hottest, I ain't even in your city Keep pillow made it again Roots and Hoots is produced by the Legacy of Hope Foundation. For more podcasts like this, please visit our website at legacyofhope.ca.